You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome to an off-season edition of Podcasting in Pinstripes. You got Sam and Steve here to give you a quick recap of what's going on in the MLB off-season. Things have started out slow, but they're starting to pick up. 30 days until opening, until uh, we go to pitchers and catchers report down in spring training. Sam, how are you doing? Steve, I'm doing even better now that I see you. <laughs> You're looking good, man. We have an off-season episode. We started doing this in 2017, 18, 19, 2021. This is our fifth season. That's back wild. On the podcast. Look forward to it every week, but I believe this is our first off-season episode in the winter months. Month out from pitchers and catchers, the Yankees made two major, major moves over the weekend. Plenty to talk about all around baseball. AL East, slow offseason so far in terms of big contracts being given out. That was a little bit expected due to the pandemic. But we have a lot of stuff here for you guys tonight. And I am thrilled to be sitting down. January 19th, we'll have this for you, of course, Wednesday morning. I am thrilled. Let's get to work. It's, it feels good to be ready to talk about baseball. Um, yeah, a lot of things, a lot of things going on still in this country. But right now, the plan for MLB is to play 162 games. Pitchers and catchers report on time. Spring training as normal. We'll see if that happens. We'll let them figure that out. But let's we're going to pretend like they're doing that. Um, and like you said, the Yankees finally got moving. They got off the couch. They let the holidays go by, and Brian Cashman started to go to work. So the only place here to start is with, with what we all knew was going to happen. It just took some time. DJ LeMahieu will remain in pinstripes for the next six years. That, that's that's the number I didn't see coming. $90 million I saw coming. Six years, that, that, that was uh, much longer than anticipated, but, but I think it's going to be worth it for the Yankees, and their priority was DJ. They were very public about it, and as always, when the Yankees admit they want somebody, they get him, and DJ's staying. He sure is. And Steve, you sounded confident that he was definitely not leaving. Oh, not I was. Doing anything. <laughs> I have to say, the longer this went, especially I referenced the piece from Tim Brown of Yahoo in my article on GothamSN.com about DJ LeMayhew. He was, the report said he was jingling the phones of other teams, Blue Jays. We're a big one. It seems like that has been the team all along that was in. It feels like they're kind of in on everybody. They're checking in on George Springer now, uh, Houston Astros center fielder, free agent. So it would have been a surprise to me if he didn't come back. But I'd be lying to you if I said they that I wasn't nervous just a little bit because we all know the Yankees are committed to staying under the luxury tax. We all know out of all of the teams – and Major League Baseball that have lost millions, billions of dollars due to empty seats all of last season. And granted, it was only for 60 games. And they're looking at even more losses in 2021. They have no clue if they're going to be able to allow fans, let alone towards the end of the season, yeah. get to a full 50, 55,000 people in stadiums. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not putting money on that at all yet. Oh, neither am I. But we knew everybody was going to be conservative with money. Uh, and I, I thought the Yankees 
we're definitely going to stay true to being under the luxury tax. And with this deal, they stay under it. Six years, 90 million. Broke it down in my article. It's a win-win for both sides. It really is. LeMahieu gets 90 million. That was the number his agents definitely wanted. But the Yankees put it over six years. I was thinking earlier in the offseason, ideally from a fan GM perspective, this would have been three years, 75 or 80 million, or four years, little more than 100 million. Get out of that contract after three or probably four years it was going to take to, he wanted Josh Donaldson's money for four years, 92 yeah. million he got with the Minnesota Twins last year. But yeah, he's staying with it, the Yankees. And hey, the extra two years, obviously you can't predict the future. I think he'll be a serviceable utility player those final two or three years. But hey, if he sucks, I pointed it out right there. Jacoby Ellsbury, twenty-six million. See you later. A Rod, yep. twenty-seven million. See you later. If you're that concerned about the last two years here in 2021, that's you know the silver lining. The Yankees have showed the willingness to eat money, but. I'm not concerned about the last two years. The yeah. Yankees want to win right now, and they have the nucleus of Judge, Torres, Stanton. Hopefully Gary Sanchez comes back, and now they have their best player from the last two seasons back in the fold who's finished top four in MVP voting in 2019 and 2020, his first two years with the team. They got it done, and that is all that matters. Yeah, and like yeah, I was my guess with this contract was uh, four years, eighty million, with a fifth year option buyout of eight million. So that was four years, eighty eight guaranteed money. So not far off on the dollars there, and that seems like that's essentially what the Yankees are paying for here. They're paying for a four year deal, ninety mil, and it, DJ, it's one hundred percent can see it from DJ being like, free agency sucks. I don't want to go for that again. I'll take the same amount of money just for six years, just so I never have to do that shit again. Like that's, I totally can see that his demeanor for that. Um, and that and the Yankees are like, great. Yeah. That helps us out with the luxury tax. Cause we, as you mentioned, that's good. That's huge for them. Um, and then he just, DJ is going to finish his career most likely as a Yankee. There is a possibility that those final two years, they could trade him at 15 mil. If he's is serviceable, I'm sure you could find somebody to take on 10 mil of that. And you only have to eat five. So it's a pretty movable contract at the end of the deal, but hopefully it's, it doesn't need to be. He has the skill set. Those final two years probably mean that Luke Voigt doesn't get a long-term contract with the Yankees and they let him go in free agency after a few years and DJ becomes a first baseman. Like he's got two gold gloves as a, as a shortstop, but you know, we know how aging middle infielders do. Like it's not a good thing. Um, so we expect his defense to go down each year and then you move him to first base and he's going to be a serviceable first baseman. He is a perfect hitter for Yankee Stadium. He loves the short porch. He knows that actually probably leaving the Yankees is going to is going to hurt his stats, you know, long term and then if he only did sign a 4-year deal, he probably wouldn't get another contract. He, his career might be over at 37 years old, 30, you know, at whatever age he'll be at there. So getting the 6 years guarantees him he's going to get paid pretty well um, as he gets older and he doesn't have to deal with free agency. It's, it's a no-brainer for the Yankees. Um, yeah, you said I, I was pretty. I was pretty confident. the The Yankees don't lose players when they come out publicly saying we want to keep this guy. 
The only person I can remember was Andy Pettit when he left for the Astros. And there was other things besides baseball going on that he wants to be closer to home. And then he eventually came back to the Yankees. So, like, that's Robbie the only thing too. I could see him. Um, Robbie Cano, like, maybe. But they they publicly have come out being like, yeah, we kind of lowballed him on purpose because we knew he wouldn't take it. So that doesn't count for me. So I, I just when, – when Brian Cashman's like, our priority is to keep DJ LeMahieu as a Yankee, I, I wonder how high they would have gone if someone offered DJ the same same type of money. You know, they're, they're semi, you know, confirmed reports that the, the Blue Jays were around four years, 78 mil. I haven't seen anyone go higher than that. No one was giving him 100 million. He learned that probably really quickly, even though he said he wanted a, you know, a J.D. Martinez-like contract. Um, I didn't think the Yankees would go five years, and here they are six years for the same money that I thought they might lock in for four. So no no complaints here. This locks in Glaber Torres at short, and the Yankees have their infield for the next you know, at least three years, I'd say, with well, a Voight, DJ, Glaber, and um, and Urshela. It gives him, but the, the, his his ability to move around gives him the option. If, if Glaber falls on his face, as I kind of mentioned in in my article this week, they, they could move things around. He could shift back to, to second. DJ can flip to first. You can trade Luke Voigt. You could even have to trade Urshela if you need to. DJ can go to third base. So just having this option of, you know, two years ago when he was signed, we were talking about, oh, he's a great, you know, bench utility guy that could play, you know, three to four times a, uh, a week all around the infield. And now he's an essential part that the Yankees, if they lost him, they might not make the playoffs type person. That That's what DJ's meant. He has the, over the past two years, he's batted 336 and led the majors. Um, he's one only player in MLB history um, to win the, the batting title in the AL and AL and AL and NL. Uh, and, and it's just this, this was a no-brainer for the Yankees. And, and then, they, then they moved quick, though. They got that deal done. Uh, I've kind of said a few times on Twitter, DJ was the, the domino for the Yankees and for other teams here that once DJ gets signed, we'll start to see kind of MLB players start signing more and more. And I think that's starting to happen. He signed in. That frees up money possibly for the Blue Jays to sign Springer. Like we said, there's some rumors tonight about that possibly happening. But the Yankees moved quick. Same day, same Friday. Corey Kluber, one year, 11 mil, all guaranteed. Didn't, didn't see that number coming either. That was a little higher. But uh, a huge move and a huge risk, but has a lot of upside because the Yankees know very well how good Corey Kluber is. Absolutely. And like like I said, Steve, I'm right there with you. The 11 million number was a big Big surprise. It's almost double what I thought. I thought some people were projecting five to eight mil with incentives to possibly get to 10. 11 mil out the gate. Uh, hey. I, and then I also had a tweet that, uh, hey, DJ's only 20, it's only uh, 15 mil. So combined next year, 26 million for DJ LeMahieu and Corey Kluber is a win. Absolutely is. Uh, Corey Kluber is going to be 35. Eight starts over the last two seasons. One inning last year. One inning last year, like you said. At 35 years old, and it seems like to me, with what I'm reading about Tanaka and everything, I don't expect Paxton back. I never did. It seems like they're relying on him to be a big part of the rotation, which is a little bit scary to me. This isn't. You know, a young team with a bunch of money to spend. Oh, let's give Corey Kluber a one-year flyer. Oh, and we can afford to outbid everybody by five or six million 
So we make sure we get him. If he flames out, he flames out. It's only one year. No, the Yankees are relying on a 35-year-old who's made eight starts over the last two seasons. One last year, like you said, one inning, seven with the Cleveland Indians in 2019 before they moved him. So I don't know if they can get half of the guy from 2014 to 2018 that he was, Cy Young Award winner. Half oh, of that half, guy. Oh, that, that, that'd be, that's a massive win if they get half of that. You know, this was a, a you know, a, a six-war player for, you know, a, a good stretch in his prime. You know, if he, if he gets us, if he's a two-war, uh, I, I think that might even be a win for the Yankees. They, they need him to come in, uh, have a couple dominant performances. Like, look, you said he, has, he hasn't pitched much, so he's going to have an innings cap. What's his, what, 130, 150 innings max? So you kind of see what you get out, out the gate. I guarantee he's going to have one of those IL stints where he misses a few starts, which is fine. Um, but now you have a, a two-time Cy Young Award winner, um, possibly, you know, as your number two going into the playoffs. You, you, Yankees obviously assume they're going to make the playoffs here. That's what you want Kluber for. Uh, Yankees can find people to eat innings. Um, I think the AL East, uh, we can talk about a little later. I think that, that division is going downwards, which is great for the Yankees. Um, but th- this is a thing. Hope he holds up and hope he can be – someone who's pitching in the playoffs for you at an elite level. Um, and if it takes all season to get to that level, then, then it's going to be worth it too. But it's a, it's a risk-reward. You know, they have great connections with the, the, you know, the training staff, the Yankees, and they have been working with Kluber um, already. He looked good in his, in his showcase that they, they, you know, they said multiple, I think like eight or nine teams were looking to sign him. So that, that's a good sign. But it could also, he also could not pitch a game for the Yankees. If you told me that he gets injured in spring training and his career's over, it wouldn't be that huge of a shock. And it would be a complete disaster unless they were to add another oh, starting absolute disaster. Bring back Tanaka. So I love the addition of Corey Kluber. And to get a guy who's two or three seasons, depending on how you, how you count, removed from 20 and 7, sub 3 ERA. I don't mind spending a little bit more money, but no. it certainly reads that they are relying on him to play a huge part. And I'm going to add one thing and not to harp too much on the COVID stuff, but the relying on him to get back into the swing of things, play a huge role and yet another season that's going to be unorthodox yeah. from a COVID perspective and I have a couple of connections who play in the pros, mainly the NFL, and they they tell me it's it's a burden. It's a real burden. Everything they do, the lifestyle and and how to stay in shape, well, it's not so much that, but it's a it's burden. It's a huge change for I mean, look, all all athletes and especially starting pitchers are, are creatures of habit. They have to go about the routine. And do everything, you know, a, a certain way. So it's it's completely justifiable that it's like it it see. I mean, they they shouldn't complain because they're making millions or whatever. But the way they they do things has changed, and that could be a huge factor for all of them, especially for a guy that hasn't pitched in two years. So it's a it's a huge thing. You know, he he wasn't innings eater. You know, he had five straight years of over two hundred innings. You know, when that's amazing. When's the last time a Yankee did that? Like never. Um, but if he gets 140 innings and is healthy September in the playoffs, then, then this this is going to be a, a big, big, big move for the Yankees because the rest of that rotation is still looking thin. We got Garrett Cole there. Garrett Cole, 
needs needs to win a Cy Young this year. We'll just say that. He needs to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Then you're going to have, let's lock in Corey Kluber for 135, 140 innings at the number two spot. And they're an injury to one of those two away from being a... Oh, in deep shit. Crisis. Yeah. Crisis. Because then you got... Now, right now, what? Jordan Montgomery is your three. He's, you know, he had... Didn't look great, but looked okay in his last season coming off of Tommy John. He had 10 starts, but he had over five ERA. Um, that was another guy trying to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, you know, I, I think Jordan Montgomery is going to be... I, I, if we see a nice, if Jordan Montgomery can get close to what he was his rookie year, the Yankees rotation is a lot better than what we're saying it is right now, because because he was good. He's, he'll be our only lefty. We're, we're going to need him to come out there, but he another he's only pitched 150 innings once his rookie year, so we can't count on him for 200 innings or any even 180 innings. So he's our three, and then you go into a, you have a four five combination of uh, Devi Garcia, Domingo Herman, who hasn't pitched in a you know over a year. You know Clark Schmidt, Mike King, and maybe Severino come summertime. It, it's a makeshift at the end of that um, rotation that it is putting a lot on Corey Kluber to be a number two and be healthy. So I, I, I'm on the camp that we got, I think, what, estimated six, seven million dollars left that you could play around with um, before hitting that luxury tax number. I want to see the Yankees take some flyers on, on some free agents out there that are going to be cheap, give them incentive-laden deals. Uh, remember the contract they gave Gio Urshela um, a couple years ago where he started out in the minors, but you know if he hits certain innings, he gets paid you know a couple hundred thousand each, each time he gets a start. I need the Yankees to make some deals like that, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely want to be opposed. And if you want them to go out and – Sign Tanaka, maybe they could make some moves. If He's gonna get so much to... more money in Japan, though. I like the, I, if you're I, I, from what I'm reading, like there's Tanaka's not gonna take a ten million dollar deal when probably Japan's gonna be offering him eighteen mil a year. It's reading like Yankees, West Coast, and the Padres traded for Musgrove. That was the one team that was really <laughs> the one team that didn't know. need to make another trade. <laughs> like <laughs> that was the team that was rumored to be interested in him out west. It reads Yankees. Out west or Japan? Yeah, and I think he's going right far now, west. <laughs> right now, it's probably looking like Japan, but ideally, you'd like to add another starting pitcher. But they are very, very committed to staying under the luxury tax. And before we came on, we talked about Adam Adovino, a guy with a rough twenty twenty, rough twenty nineteen towards the end, going into the playoffs. Maybe that's a guy they can move if they take on somebody else i don't know or you know give them away well if you take on somebody else you're probably taking to on to get rid of them you got to you got to give away a, a prospect to whoever's eating his money um and that just that's not really a cashman move i, I think the yankees kind of run it back without a veto at this point um because they're they're not going to want to give away let's say uh, a a floreal with with him to just kind of throw away a prospect and get a, a lesser prospect back to save a few bucks I think they're that he's going to be banking on Severino coming back. He's going to be they're going to be banking on Devi Garcia to to build on his, his rookie year. Um, I, I'm very intrigued by Herman and and Schmidt. Uh, Domingo Herman, you know, probably shouldn't ever be playing baseball again with all the stuff that he did, but he's going to be. So he, let's Cashman talk about him. Said he's coming back. And he's coming back. Right? Yeah, he's coming back. He didn't look great in winter ball, um, but he's coming back. He hasn't pitched in you know over a year. Maybe he's got something to prove, but again, he's not going to. He's going to be what 120 innings. He's going to have an inning limit. 
I'm intrigued by Clark Schmidt. I think Clark Schmidt, you know, heading into last year was our number one pitching prospect above Garcia. Um, he's a little older. He's going to be 24, turning 25 soon. Like this guy's got some stuff, and I, he needs. To, he's had a rough debut, but he kind of came in in a weird setting. If he can kind of come in and win that fifth spot from camp and give us 80, 90 innings of decent, you know, ball, I think that'd be huge. Um, but it's going to be a makeshift thing. Like we're not going to, you know, I don't want Mike King starting 10 games for the Yankees. I'd much rather they prefer they go dumpster diving. Maybe like what's what's Jake Arrieta doing? He, I mean, he sucks, but I know he can get me 150 innings and save our bullpen a little bit. You know, what? what's, you know, Chris Archer. Chris Archer hasn't played in like two years. Is that another guy we can give a $2 million deal to that can make up to $5 million if he actually plays and makes a roster? So I think there are some players out there that probably won't sign until you get to spring training. There's some names out there. Ivan Nova, former Yankee. He, what, he's not going to sign for more than $5 million and he probably will take a – some of these guys might take a minor league deal just I was, to kind of stay in. out of my mouth there. I mean, with, with the way we're seeing money – distributed so far during this free agency period, I think you're going to see prominent names potentially take a minor league deal like Archer. Uh, like you said, I think we could see a name like him who was the be all on end all. I always thought he was pretty overrated, but oh, I think sure. you're going to but, see, you know. some, you're going to see some notable names take a minor league deal with the way these owners are with money. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just looking at the long list of free agents because there's so many that are like, what are they going to do? But, like, honestly, King Felix Hernandez was looking good before he opted out uh, of last season. Could you be like, hey, do you want to possibly make the playoffs? He's never made the playoffs or in his career with Seattle and that little time he had in Atlanta. You want to take a $1 million uh, spring training invite? Like, I think that's the option that the Yankees are going to go for instead of looking and paying these guys that are going to make $10 million. Like, you know, Jose Quintana, Rick Porcello, James Paxson, Tanaka, Jake Ordezzi. These are guys that are out of the Yankees' price range right now, um, even if they moved um, out of Eno. So it's that. And the other option here is the trade market. You know, this weekend we got a little little scare there that the Yankees were making a move for uh, Luis Castillo of the Reds, and that would have been a power move. Quickly got shut down by people that actually know what they're doing. Um, so he looks like he's off the table. But oh, there's some other big names out there. You know, Kyle Hendricks is a popular one on Yankees Twitter. It'd be a nice guy to have for the Yankees, but he, he's making 14 mil a year. I don't know how the Yankees pulled it off. You're right about Hendricks making 14 mil a year. And everybody always thinks that the Yankees' biggest, well, in reality, the biggest trade trips I believe they possess are Miguel Andujar. And well, not Clint Frazier right now. Clint's uh, staying. You saw you saw him post on Twitter the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. He's staying, and I think he's kind of gotten assurances from the Yankees that um, you know don't fuck up, and you're our starting left fielder. Yeah, for sure. And you know they're not. It doesn't look like they're bringing back Brett Gardner. It seems like he signed a one year deal for each of the last five years. Yeah. So farewell, probably to Brett. Right now, the biggest trade chip is Miguel Andujar, and it's not... Who can't play the field, so how big of a chip is that? <laughs> who can't play the field, who makes no money to clear. So we were saying on an episode towards the end of last season, maybe it was the final one, that we saw no way that this guy could 
be a thing. I mean, Urshela is legit right now. It doesn't look like he's a one-hit wonder. I know he slumped a little bit last year, but he picked it up. No, he's he's now, So I, I really don't know. And you're not giving Andujar the permanent DH role. That's got to be flipped between Judge and Stanton. So I'm really not sure what he brings to this team. You don't want him as a fourth outfielder with his defense. Yeah, he's I useless as a – he'll be a permanent pinch hitter who can't go out. You'd have to pinch hit for him, and then you'd have to pinch uh, whenever do a defensive substitution with Talkman. So you're using two players for one every time you put him out there. And if we're talking about him bringing somebody back too, it's, it's just he can't play the field. And the, the elite bat has not been there since his rookie season. I don't know – what the Yankees do here? Do they stick him in Triple I I don't even know if there's. Gonna I don't be think he does. Like what? he's already had issues with the Yankees that he thinks that he should be a major league player. But I like. Do you want to cause a little turmoil heading into spring training? Um, you know, I I, I think you got to try and move him somehow in the next three weeks, um, unless they got a different plan. Unless he's magically learned how to catch a ball. Um, but then, like you said, for him, and then if you're going after Kyle Hendrick, that's going to cost you Clark Schmidt. And Duhar, and a couple more pieces. Like they're not giving him away. It's going to cost another couple guys there that I think Cashman's going to be, uh, and and the money, and the money. He's like, who's going to rather take the risk with the young guys and, and maybe figure it out? Um, you know, maybe it's it's something that they they they, they pock they that six million they're at now for the um, for the luxury tax. Maybe you wait until um, you get to the trade deadline, and then that. Uh, 14 million for for Hendricks for only you know two thirds of the season a third of the seasons now becomes six million and that puts you at your number. So maybe I think that that's Cashman's move is going to wait until he sees kind of how the season starts. Um, but it's intriguing because we do got to make some moves on the 40 man roster to to add back DJ and Kluber. You're right about that, and we we love a roster crunch. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned before you know going dumpster diving, and I, I think that's. There's going to be another one or two of those moves, uh, whether it's a minor league deal or a one-year, one-and-a-half, two-million-dollar deal chance to get to three or four with incentives. I think one or two of those deals are a real possibility. On on the trade market, though, I don't think there's many options unless the Yankees, like you said, in, in a package for Hendricks, somehow rid the Adovino contract, which is yeah, no, I think he's got to be involved in, in those too. You know, for him, whether you know uh, what's his name out in Colorado, uh, Mar- Marquez, um, there there are some options, but it's going to cost you money, Adovino and, and prospects, um, and the Yankee bullpens. You know, how many times have we seen someone like a Chad Green struggle since the minors come back and figure it out? You know, we saw Tommy Kaline, You know. R.I.P. Tommy Kaling and Pinstripes. Good luck out and saying good luck in uh, with the Dodgers. Um, but we he got sent to the minors two years ago and came back and was, and was fire. So is this another thing where Cashman's going to be like? Hopefully this it was that was just a weird Corona season for Ottavino and he's going to bounce back to when he was electric and when he signed with us, possibly. But like yeah, if there's, he's the only person you can move to save money. Yeah, and what they do from here remains to be seen. But they they added Kluber to the rotation, you know, brought back DJ. I, I still think if they're serious about winning, and we saw the Tampa Bay Rays 
perhaps the biggest move of the offseason in Major League Baseball so far is the Rays trading Blake Snell out of the Padres. But well, it, we just won't mention Lindor. <laughs> oh, we, we don't have to talk about that one. <laughs> a lot of stuff going on, especially in the last. <laughs> but no, for the, for the Yankees, wise, easily Blake Snell is the biggest move of the offseason because that that that, it, that crushes Tampa. I don't, see. I don't know if it crushes them. I am still very, very afraid of them, and, and here's why. They still got Glass now at the top of the rotation. Yep. They, they still good. got a bunch of hitters, and it seems like with Kevin Cash in that farm system, they just plug and play guys out there. You go back to the 2018 season, they were destructing their roster, selling at the deadline. They traded Evaldi to the Red Sox. They still fall in the 92 wins playing with two other 100-plus yeah. win teams in the division. It seems like with that team, it's – I can never, ever count them out because they have one hell of a player development system down do. there and how they send guys out and, and they still produce for Kevin Cash and, and that staff. So, yeah, trading Snell definitely hurts the rotation. But like I said, I, I can't count the Rays out. They have a lot of firepower down there still. And it seems Fair. like I mean, It seems like it just, would be – uh, a two-person race for the AL East. Expanded playoffs are are, are staying for next year, um, but yeah, you're right. The, the Rays will still win games. They're, I mean, they're not th- that move doesn't knock them under 500. But but it's still, they lose. They lost him. They they lost Charlie Morton too. I know he, he was kind of hurt a little last year, but that that's two big spots in their in the rotation. But I, I I can't argue with you that they'll just find someone to plug and play, and in three years they'll trade that guy again for more prospects. <laughs> And you look around the division a little bit. I don't think the Red Sox offense is going to be as bad. I mean, you had Martinez and Benatendi really down the years, and I know there's some rumors with Benatendi on the trade front. I don't think they're going to be as bad offensively as they were. I know they still have no pitching. Sales recovering from Tommy John. He'll be back sometime this season. And then you look at the Toronto Blue Jays, a team with a ton of, of firepower on offense, and we saw a couple and of young. times, especially in that Buffalo series, oh, they, they gave they gave the Yankees the business. They a did a couple of times. That is completely fair. They gave them the business, and you look at the Yankee staff, and you you look at the luxury tax and the team's goal. I'm not sure there's enough pitching there right now, as it stands. At you know, heading towards the end of January for them to contain a lot of offense in the division. And not to overlook the Orioles, they even had a couple of guys last year. You know, Rio Ruiz, Pedro Severino. It seems like these guys were killing the Yankees all summer. So the AL East, no matter how bad it is, and baseball's really become an offensive game as a whole, and I get investing in the offense and how some teams do that, but – Come the postseason, you need pitching, and you need guys to get 15 outs, go five innings. So right now, as it stands, the Yankees pitching staff in a division with that's always been notorious for offensive firepower, the pitching is, like always, it seems like this every year, it's still a major question mark. And if there's an injury to Cole or Kluber, one of those two, God forbid, they are in serious trouble. It's the same story, different year 
for the, for the pitching. Um, then I will kind of not the heart, but we, we we lost with Garrett Cole on the mound in Game Five, and what we scored with what one run, we got three hits. So it, it's a sum of both. You need the pitching to 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 be there, but you also need your big bats to do it. So we'll, we'll see what the Yankees do. The, the Yankees have prided themselves on their bullpen the past few years, um, and as of right now, they're come with with Britain coming up. Britain, uh, well, they did pick up Britain's option actually, which was something they needed to do. Um, but with Adovino coming back here, that's still one of the best bullpens in, in baseball. If you have or all this Chapman at the back end, we saw Zach Britton do well in the closer role in case an injury happens there. Chad Green has you know been hit or miss, but Chad Green's been great. Um, I'm curious to see more of, of Johnny Lasagna um, in his second year of kind of being the full time you know in bullpen guy. Um, Luis Sessa's on his way back, taking another one mil to come back. Uh, Nick, Nick Nelson's probably going to get a full-time spot there. Uh, the, the bullpen is always going to be a strength for the Yankees, but I would still like to see them use that six mil to add another arm uh, in, in the pen. I know we, I just talked about how we should get some, some dumpster diving deals for uh, a starting pitcher, but let's find four, it's four mil of that to get another uh, bullpen arm. I definitely wouldn't mind that because, like you said, these relievers and, and, and Chapman even we saw in 2017 – Joe Girardi took him out of the closers role that year to get his mind right towards the end. And then yeah. he came back towards the end and started throwing bullets. Chad Green to the minors. Canely a couple of years ago, like you said, too. All these guys go through hot and cold stretches. It's kind of like a common bullpen theme around baseball that you don't have – Mariano Rivera's or Trevor Hoffman's anymore that is sustained dominance, no injuries over the course of the whole season. There's going to be rough patches and you always have to account for injuries. So I would love to see the Yankees add another bullpen arm. And if they go that route without another six million and opt against the starting pitcher, I'm really not going to complain about it because they're probably going to get a higher quality bullpen arm for that money. I think so too. Yeah. The starting pitcher. Especially what we've seen, you know, with Brad Hand getting his option declined. Um, we just saw um, Kirby Yates signed with the Blue Jays. Nice signing with them. That's around, you know, five, six mil guaranteed with incentives. Um, I think you can find someone just below that, you know, whether it be someone like uh, a Trevor Rosenthal. Um, there, who's Who else is still out there? Um, Brandon Workman still out there. Ken Giles. There's some. There's a lot of arms in the bullpen. I think that could be in the three to four million range. That I haven't heard the Yankees connected to any of them. But it wouldn't be a move that would surprise me, especially if they're trading an Anavino. If they can get rid of Anavino and they bring back someone that doesn't cap them out, um, you know, I think you know a Hendricks would still cap him out. But if you still get rid of Anavino in just a pure salary dump instead of actually for a starting pitcher. And then go on and sign a Brad Hand. I think that's a, that'd be a smart move. It absolutely would. I mean, having those lefties in the bullpen, Britain, Hand, and Chapman, when it really doesn't mean much in a lefty-righty matchup there with the stuff they have, I would be absolutely game for that. Hand has been one of my uh, top pitchers and top targets for the Yankees for going back to his San Diego days. Yeah, that huge trade that got him to Cleveland. Yeah, I remember the, the Padres played that so well, and, and just as a, they they have in the last few years with seemingly everything, signing him to that three-year, $21 million deal, and it was com- almost like, okay, 
they sat him down at the signing and were like, all right, you're probably going to be traded here. Yeah. I mean, we're, do- we're doing this to increase your trade value. And he probably, there was no, no trade clause in there. So he knew that was probably. The and it just helped the Padres land snow. Cause they used the, 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 the catchers, the main guy that they got back yeah. for hand. And then he's now, he got now flipped for, for snow as a, as a secondary piece. Cause he hasn't really exploded like they thought they would. But I mean, you're telling me in the course of three years, you went from Brad hand uh, to, to Blake Snell. Uh, I mean, that, that, <laughs> I, I don't know what they're drinking over there in San Diego, but they're doing something right. Yeah. That's a fun, fun team to watch by the way. Yeah. But, oh, I, I have family out in San Diego and it's on my plan to get out there and, and watch them play a game. Hopefully if at some point with, with some fans in the crowd. But uh, yeah, in, ter- in terms of the next move, about six million to spend. I think you could go both a reliever and dumpster dive. Yeah, no, I think so too. I think that's we're on the same page there. That that's the move. Yeah. If you get a three to four million dollar reliever and then an incentive laden, you know, uh, I don't even know what that word is these days. An incentive contract for for a starting pitcher, um, and it might and not a, be until after spring training. You could add a minor league deal on top of that too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's gonna be, and then like we mentioned, Clint Frazier. It looks like he's gonna be the left fielder there. Every, everything else in the lineup is, is pretty set. Gary Sanchez is coming back. We we both pretty much ended the podcast uh, at the end of last season, guaranteeing that Gary Sanchez was coming back because it made too much sense for, for the Yankees. Um, who is it? Is it Gary Sanchez? Does Gary Sanchez have the most to prove heading into spring training and heading into the season, or is there another player you're looking at uh, as you know one of the main guys? For, for, you know, chip on the shoulder for, for the Yankees. Obviously, Sanchez is the big one, but there's a couple others that I think have a lot to prove. First, that's Glaber Torres. He had some good numbers in the postseason in the series against Cleveland, Tampa, but it was a rough regular season. We both agreed, maybe coming in a little bit out of shape. Yep. Uh, did not have a good regular season. And that's a guy we were talking about getting some MVP buzz before the start of the 60 game pandemic shortened season. And he didn't live up to that. I think he has a lot to prove Aaron judge. He wants to get that injury bug off of him and he, and he wants to get it off of him bad. One short stint on the DL. If he plays 135, 140 games, misses a month, has some rest here and there. That's fine. But, the Yankees and certainly him don't want to be out 60 games, you know, no. missing two months. Uh, nobody wants that. So I think he's looking to prove that, but yeah, the obvious one's Gary Sanchez and the Yankees gave him a vote of confidence. Granted, there's still a month before pitchers and catchers report. I think we could see with them only having 6 million left. I don't think they're going to, be spending money in the catching department. And it looks like Kyle Higashioka is going to be his backup who had some good moments last year, but the Yankees didn't go out and get a veteran insurance policy on a two year deal where it would have been like, okay, if Sanchez looks unplayable, this guy's going to go in and catch four or five games a week. And Sanchez is going to be the backup. That didn't happen. No. And there is like, they're, you know, Yadier Molina is sitting out there. He's, he hasn't signed with anybody. Um, that was kind of a, an option I threw out there is, hey, Yachty, come come play for the Yanks for two years. Uh, you'll split time with Sanchez and, and until one of you figures out what you're going to do. 
I, I mean, very like zero two percent chance that was happening. But um, the Yankees didn't seem to give any thought to doing something like that. Um, my, my guy is he killed it in the, in the postseason. Now it's time for him to get healthy, and that's uh, John Carlos Stanton. We we saw what he could do in the postseason. Um, if if he could continue to get on the field and do something like that, it's gonna really um, kind of change his perception. He was he was awesome in, in his first year with the Yankees. It, it's crazy to think that this is Stanton's fourth season in New York. That doesn't that seem wild to you? I feel like it's been like a, a year or two. I can't believe that, Steve. Four four it, years. I, will, I, I I did a double take. <laughs> I will never forget the day he came to the Yankees, too. I was a junior in college, my first year away at Rutgers, and we were all out the night before. It was getting close, getting close. Oh, yeah, staying up was, all night. I was in a slumber until, I don't know, close to noon that day, and I got, you know, 6,000 notifications I wake up to, and Stanton, Stanton, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's actually coming to the Yankees, but I agree with you there, Steve. He was on another level in the postseason. Different planet. It was unbelievable. But, you know, he's only played 41 games in the regular season the past two years. Um, you know, he's he's the reason the Yankees are so close to the luxury tax. He's the guy that's making, you know, Garrett Coles are kind of, you know, obviously he's the highest paid player, but there's $25 million benchmarked for, for staying here. That's a game changer. If the Yankees don't have that, that puts them in the discussions for Trevor Bauer or maybe a JT Romuto. But those guys are, aren't even being considered by the Yankees because they, 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 they're they stuck to that mandate, and it might be a stupid idea to stick to that mandate. But they want to get under that luxury tax, and Stanton's got to be the reason there. And it's so he needs to come out. I, look, they're going to keep him at DH. That, that's fine. He adds so much more value if he can play the field. But let's keep him healthy. And he's got a lot to prove for me. I think, you know, Gary Sanchez is, is up there. Gleyber Torres is up there. But if if Glaber doesn't fully bounce back, but Stanton becomes Stanton, the the, the lineup is, is is better. I want Stanton to be the, the pure hit, the most one of the most feared hitters in baseball, and then I'll just have Glaber Torres be, you know, a, a good a good shortstop at 24, 25 years old. So so Stanton's got a lot to hold there for for me. Um, as you know, injuries are everything for the Yankees for the past five six years. It's all about injuries. Uh, and, and that's not changing. Um, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think the Yankees are still favorites to win the AL East. Kind of hit on the other teams going on there. Um, let's look at the, the remaining big free agents that we are not signing with the Yankees. But, you know, you got Trevor Bauer, Ramuto. It, it's, as we keep talking, it looks closer and closer that Springer is, is going to uh, the Blue Jays here. Where do you think the other two guys end up? I think Real Muto is going to go back to the Phillies. There was a report over the weekend, and if this were accurate, it was from Jason Stark, who knows the baseball scene in Philly yeah. like none other. So I assume anything he is saying is accurate. They said it was a five-year offer from the Phillies on Real Muto for a little over $100 million. And in this market, that, this is the worst, th- I don't know who's the worst that. time in the history of sports to be a free agent. Yep. Uh, I can't see anybody topping that. that, so I have to agree. It'd be a sh- I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up back back in Philly. Uh, Bryce Harper is was going to freak out if he, they don't sign JT. Um, Bauer, on the other hand, I, I have, I'm all over the place on Trevor Bauer. Where are you thinking he's going to go? I'm going to give a shot out of a cannon here. He's always been big on one-year deals. 
He has been, but it, I don't know. He's, 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 he, he, the talk about that's been going down and down. It seems like, um, you know, I can't blame him either way, but um, I don't know. But you think a one-year deal where? I have no clue, but I'm going to mention a team. <laughs> I'm going to mention a team that I'm not saying it's where I predict he's going to go, but I'm going to say don't be surprised if it happens, and that's going to be – Derek Jeter and the Miami Marlins. Whoa! I, I would if I gave you gave me ten guesses to guess what you were to do. I, I would have never have guessed that. I, I I don't I don't see that. But I mean that'd be awesome. I, that'd be I, I would love take the one year deal there. You think it'd be a one year deal? I think it would be a one year deal, and I'm going to list a couple of reasons why. One, the Marlins were. You can say whatever you want about it. They were a playoff team last year. They do have some nice young pitchers. They do. They have, a good, they have a good rotation. They have a good rotation. Had joined that. It's Miami. No state income tax. They have one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. I think they could sell him on a pretty good plan. And if they were out of it by the trade deadline, they can trade him. I think they could give him a nice lump of money. And be like, hey, you're joining a good rotation. You're joining a team that was playing. They were 29 and 31 in the 60 game season. Yeah, but but that though that second wild card is staying. So, you oh, know. you're right. With the expand, you're joining a team that has some young talent, great rotation. We're gonna give you a one year, 17 million dollar deal. Could become 20, offering you more money than anyone. I, I think that's low. It's gonna be. I, I I love it. I I haven't heard that idea yet. That's that's, that's original as it comes, and I think it's as, as from a Marlins perspective, from a Derek Jeter perspective, like fuck yeah, sign up for that in a heartbeat. If that's an option, yes. Um, I, I'm gonna go. I think he's gonna bail on the on the one year deal. I think I I've been waiting for a player of his caliber to kind of do that in any sport, just be like a one year mercenary and just sign with a team that he thinks is gonna win. But I, I think he's gonna get some serious money. I think he's gonna get. I don't know the number to me now. I think he's going to get 30 mil a year and end up with the Los Angeles Angels. That's kind of I, that's where I've always thought he should go. Um, they, they need to prove to Mike Trout that they, they are focused on getting him to the playoffs. Uh, and I know they signed Rendon last year, and it just did, didn't work out for them to make the play. They can't make the playoffs with two playoff car, play, playoff teams. Um you know, Trout's eventually going to have to start getting frustrated. So I think every year they have to keep trying. And I think Bauer's the move here. If you offer him, you know, 30, 30 mil a year for, for four years, that, that gives Bauer enough time to get another contract at the end of that. Maybe it's a, it's a full opt-out after two years or something like that. I, I think he balks on on the one-year deal. Um, but you never know. He's, he's, he's a loose cannon, so you never know. But he's coming off to Cy Young. This, he knows that this is the time to to get that contract. If he does that deal, that one year deal, and he gets hurt, and he's going to be pissed that he turned down a hundred million somewhere. I know he loves betting on himself, and they can always come back. But if someone's got a, got thirty mil a year for three or four years in his face, uh, I think it'd be uh, hard for him to turn that down. What's the likelihood that he gets that deal, though? I mean, we've seen. No, I agree. Yeah. I, it's it's rare, but I, that, that's someone's got to step up. I mean, I think it, a team like the Marlins could step in, you know, entice him. But they're saying, and everywhere I've been reading for for free agents, that 
Next, there's going to be major. We know that there's going to be major losses this year in Major League Baseball again. They said, yeah, and the new CBA is coming up too. So there's there's a whole bunch of factors that maybe are are going the way of the players and should help them get money. Um, You know, you know, MLB is doing the playoffs to get the extra TV money to get extra revenue and stuff. But yeah, it's very possible he doesn't get it. We're kind of looking like here George Springer is going to get maybe 125 million. So he's got he's getting some they're, they're, the contracts are coming out pretty big. You know, as you said if Realmuto signs for 100 plus, you know DJ was close to 100. Um so I, I think Bowers waiting for these deals and he he'll wait it out as long as possible. Like he doesn't need spring training in the you know traditional sense. He's got his own little lab where he can go nuts until and then pop up opening day and be ready. Uh, so I think he's going to wait it out and then make sure he gets the biggest contract he can get. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to see anybody, and we saw it a couple of years ago, if anyone's going to go into a week before opening day or possibly not be signed on opening day. Yeah, but no, I, th- I think for sure. I don't know what they'd be waiting for because, like like I said, the, the, the losses are going to extend a – long time after this season it's they're saying it's not going to be back to normal until you know after the 2022 uh excuse me season and going into the 2023 season uh in terms of the revenue or when teams expect to get positive revenue again so i'm not sure what some of these guys would be waiting for i think you just have to accept that it's the worst time in sports in baseball to be a free agent and like most of America you might have to take a pay cut around <laughs> this time I mean they already did last year it sucks but I think some of these players will eventually sign and it's going to be for less and just like LeMahieu he's averaging 15 million dollars a year yeah they added the extra two years onto it and he it seems like he just kind of accepted it that he wasn't getting as much money as, say, a Josh oh, Donaldson that he was yeah, being compared no, to. Yeah, no, two years ago, and DJ puts up numbers like that, he's probably getting four years, $100 million. Yeah. So it, it, and, it's definitely you know affected the deals that we're, that we're seeing. Um, so it'll be, well, I don't know. It, it's, it's a weird year, um, but and there, there's still lots to do. I mean, we got, I think, so with airs on Wednesday, we'll have 70 days to opening day. The Yankees look like they've made their moves. I don't think we're going to see anything major. I mean, I would love to. I had a, I, I thought Cashman was going to do a big trade, but each day as that goes on, I feel like that's less and less, and we're kind of locked into our uh, our roster here. But it's still a roster I'm confident in. It's still a roster that I think the Yankees are favorites to win the AL East, and and if everybody stays healthy, they should be favorites to, to get to the World Series. So it's not like we're the Yankees. I know we can bitch and moan, about you know getting under the luxury tax here, but they they I think they do have a caliber team that could win the World Series and be under that luxury tax. It's going to take a couple big things that needs to happen. Kluber needs to be good. You know the young guys of Garcia and Schmidt. One of them's got to got to excel. Severino's got to come back healthy. He's a Judge Stanton. They got to stay healthy. Sanchez has got to prove he's a baseball. He's an actual MLB catcher. It's a lot of ifs, but. Uh, looking around baseball, a lot of teams have a lot of ifs, and I'll take the chances with the Yankees. You're right. A lot of teams have a lot of ifs. Uh, who was your – and I'm drawing a blank here. I know who mine was. Your 
big trade target for Cashman that you thought they were going to pull off? Do you remember? Final episode of the season. Uh, I think I may have been Marco Gonzalez of Seattle. I th- um, but I, I, because I, I know for some reason he's sticking out in my head. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't. Re- I don't remember who we both exactly said. But I did think that that there was going to be something happening there. Um, but and there, there are still some options out there. I mean, if, if shit goes real bad, you know, Trevor Story's probably going to be available for the Yankee for any team to come come deadline time. So I think. Once the season kind of gets going and we kind of see how we're doing with COVID, I think you could see some bigger trades happen at the deadline this year. My hope for the Yankees and my prediction was a reliever, actually, was Josh Hader of oh, the Milwaukee Brewers. I do remember you saying that. That was, that I mean, was, it's still out there. Is that option that could be the move Cashman's looking to make? I mean, it costs a ton, but, you know, do they even expand it bigger? Who's, uh, Brandon Woodroff um, out there, he, he would actually be a great fit for the Yankees. But you're looking at a massive, massive package for either one of those guys. Um, but, I, but I wouldn't hate Josh Hader. I mean, he'd have to cut his hair, but too bad. <laughs> yeah, he would. But, yeah, that was my guy for the Yankees that I thought they could pull off a trade for. But I, I was drawing a blank on yours. I'll go back and listen when I'm editing this later. But – yeah, we're not. We won't do like the full predictions. No, we'll do that. But we'll do that. Come, uh, we'll do that right as uh, spring training gets rolling here. Um, you know, that was that was the Yankees offseason. It, it wasn't as exciting, but to me, actually, it, it, they got what they said they were going to get done. They they wanted to improve the rotation and they needed to keep DJ LeMayu check and check. While yes, there's questions about Kluber, but right now that's a check. So Cashman said what he was going to do prior to the offseason. He, he's still got. 26 days, I think, come Wednesday to get it done by pitchers and catchers report. He's got 70 days to get it done um, prior to the year here. But uh, I, DJ and Kluber is is a win given the uh, the restraints that are clearly being mandated up above. Um, and I'm not I'm not too big of a complaint right now. Neither am I. They got what they said they were going to get done, like you said. Lemayhew's back. Rotation still has questions, but the Yankees got arguably the best pitcher in baseball from a span of five years, 2014 to 2018, and Corey Kluber. And like we said, if we get 50% of that production and health from the top two, Cole and Kluber, the rotation's in good shape. Yep. Yeah, and hopefully Severino can come back towards you know playoff time. You know, Tommy John's always tough that first year, but but either way, Sam, Maybe he could be in the bullpen. I mean, that'd be an elite arm coming out of the bullpen there if you need to. I think I think he's got enough time because he had Tommy John pretty early last year. He's got enough time to come back probably by August, I'd say, and hopefully ramp up in time for – but it might be two, three innings um, uh, instead of, you know, a full five, six innings each start. But we'll, we'll, we'll play along as that goes along. Sam, the best part is that we got together here again. 2021 is going to be year, year five of podcasting in pinstripes. Baseball's coming back in a month with pitchers and catchers, and that means opening day is around the corner for the 2021 season. Hopefully it's 162 games, and hopefully me and you are here every Wednesday or Thursday talking about how the Yankees are hitting bombs and shutting teams out. Let us pray 162 games, please. And hopefully we'll get it. We'll get to a game together at maybe you know over the summer at some point. But for now, that that is the off season edition of podcasting in pinstripes on the Gotham Sports Network. Yankees make their moves, and there might be more. To, if there's something huge to come, we'll come back on and we'll talk about it for the season. 
Uh, if not, we'll be around, you know, I'd say mid spring training, do our predictions like we do every year uh, and get ready for opening day. Absolutely. Can't wait, Steve. All right. See you later, Sam. Peace. Peace.